0: Welcome everyone to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I'm one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammy. Hey there, Cammy. Hey Bryant. Welcome back. Thank you. Happy uh you too. June, right? We're yeah, in June. June. Look it's at that. Pride that's Month. That's crazy. Yeah, that's right. Holy cow. Well um, excited. What a great way to uh, celebrate Pride Month by talking about um <laughs> the the <laughs> the, the Satyr <laughs> <laughs> the horniest being in the Greek and <laughs> Roman lexicon, right? That that's fitting, right? Uh, that's yeah, what we.
1: satyr does have horns, yes,
0: yes. <laughs> so three, um, and that's what we talk about here on Mystery. Not not horny beings. Sometimes we do, but uh, myths and legends and topics throughout time. We like to grab. Recently, we just did the dwarfs. It was really fun. That was an etymological uh, rabbit hole, and we've done things like centaurs recently as well. And uh, kind of a follow up, we we had finished centaur, and we were like, "Let's do those other guys that are like centaurs," and and it's actually pretty interesting how similar they are, uh, other than just being half man, half animal. So that's what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about the the satyroi, satiroi, uh, thanks to theoe.com. com. The one fawn the best in Latin, correct? Fawnus. Mm-hmm. So. We'll hit the like we always do. cammy has got a story for us. And then after her story, I'll uh, go lead a discussion kind of behind some of the history. So Kami, uh take us away with your story of the state here.
1: Sure. So I used dk, And this is one of uh, Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tales that is really not very well known. So I didn't go Greek with this one.
0: That's awesome. But I think it worked out. Yeah, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. In a dusty room, a great-grandmother once used as a parlor to entertain her guests and many grandchildren, there stood an antique glass-pane display. The chest stood to showcase the many trinkets this woman had collected throughout her long life. No trinket more prized than General Hindquarters Headquarters gives orders front and rear. Sergeant Billy Goat Legs. This figure, so named by her son when he was very small was not a normal man. Oh sure, his head and arms seemed human enough, but his ears were pointed and tufted with hair, and his legs were covered in fur and shaped like a goat's. Though the room was no longer used for receiving guests, the chest was full of life. There was a little shepherdess, you see, and the satyr was eager to make her his wife. He had asked her grandfather, a short stout figure formed from fine china, for her hand in marriage. But the shepherdess had found herself in love already, with a little figure only one half inch taller than her, the chimney sweep. But her grandfather insisted on her marrying the satyr, who was carved of mahogany and rich with the gold of a chest which sat beside him. When the satyr asked for her hand, her grandfather nodded in agreement. The shepherdess was frightened to lose her love, so she ran away with the chimney sweep one night when the whole house was sleeping. They climbed down each glass shelf until they made it to the lock and made quick work of opening it. They then climbed to a high shelf on a nearby bookcase and ran across the dresser and swung down a tassel and made it safely to the floor. They ran through the door and took great effort to close it to make sure to make sure it was more difficult to chase after them. The door creaked and our grandfather could be heard shouting after them. After they closed the door, there was a large crack as if fine china had been dropped on the floor they both still ran even though they were worried about the patriarch they found the chimney and the two climbed up the sooty brick until they made it to the top and could see the whole wide world before them but the shepherdess was frightened of the world so big so she cried on the sweep's shoulder until he agreed to take her back and when they made their way back to the cabinet the two saw her grandfather on the floor his back broken and his head completely off The shepherdess cried, but the sweep assured her that he would be mended in the morning. And sure enough, the old woman pieced and glued him back together. She put a strong rivet in his neck. So when the satyr asked again for his granddaughter's hand in marriage, the old man could not nod his head in agreement. So the shepherdess and the chimney sweep lived happily ever after, through the years, until the day they both broke.
0: Wow. That's a Hans Christian Andersen thing going on?
1: Yeah. That's crazy.
0: That's really cool. It reminds cool. me
1: of the like. There's some story when I was a little kid of the little like a cupboard full of little figures or something that like fought oh, yeah. each other. That, yeah, that movie, the
0: Indian in the cupboard movie and book. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 you know, I, whenever I have an I thought while you're reading, I put a finger up to help me remember. And there's a great joke here. I won't, I won't be able to make it now, though. I'll think of it later but um the the Seder, uh, you have, of course are Greco Greek 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 origin if not older and um, they're infamously shown with phallic imagery like extreme phallic imagery and so when you said that the grandpa had a rivet put in his neck I, there's a stiff neck joke there we can make between sets. <laughs> it's there so let me let me know what you think yeah definitely turn this off if the kids are in the car um, not really it's, it, it, it's funny I I the sources i used theoi.com, we always praise them enough theo i.com com. one of the best sources for like ancient greek um, stuff uh, also wikipedia and, and edema, edema online so i'm gonna i'm gonna hit the etym- etymology part first because i wanted to know if the word satire was connected to satyr cuz the, they're infamously Or they're, they're, they're very famous for being infamous. They're, they're, they're really like they're (laughs) tricksters. They're mischief makers. They're silly. If, if not way worse, that's me being kind. And there, there is actually a tiny bit. Um, so it comes from, it comes from French. It comes to English from French, um, in the late 14th or 15th century, um, directly from the Latin satira, uh, satire, poetic medley, early satura, mixed dish, dish filled with various kinds of fruits. Or literally, full dish um, from the feminine satyr or sated, um, from the PIE root sa to satisfy. It was altered in Latin by the influence of the Greek word satyr, which the the satire were known as fauns or fauna in Latin. But they, the Latin, th- there are sources that did also call them satyr. You know, Greek really bled into Latin, and and vice versa. So, but but they 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 did have that that name for them. I'll go into that in a minute, though, because it's kind of like a it's one of those things where it was almost there before uh, they're I- introduced to the Romans. So that's that's the connection. There is, there is a slight connection there. And I, I bet you that just the fact of the meaning of the words and things like that help do that, at least in the modern or, or early modern era of the late medieval period, that kind of thing. So the set here, you know, my first one was Phil from Hercules, played by <laughs> Danny DeVito. And that's a great, great depiction of it. And I I think that that really does it well. It's even funny because he actually like chases the nymphs, if you remember in the film, which is like what they're always depicted doing. Um, So I
1: always see them as like a chaotic neutral type of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Figure. Well, they're, you know, they're uh, um, companions of the gods, uh, Dionysus, Hermes, Hephaestus, Pan. Um, Rhea and yeah, Gaia they're very
1: much uh, associated with Pan especially but also Dionysus Pan, yeah and Dionysus Bacchus. and
0: Pan are, are like the ones that it's really big on and what I'll, I'll start with too is really um, it the early stuff so art of course is where we get a lot of the mentioning of it all um, going back to the uh, 8th century um, BCE and beyond. Um, as well as they were talked about in the Homeric myth or hymns. All the all the sources we've mentioned before that were like new to us a year ago and now we're like, oh yeah, Hesiod, yeah, what's up, dude? Theoi has shown me that all those guys and then going into the uh, Ovid, Virgil, Cicero even, um, and there's even a cool Byzantine reference uh, in the 10th century AD that was called the Suda. It was like a 10th century Byzantine encyclopedia of the ancient Mediterranean world. So it was like, these 10th century byzantines were like hey remember a uh, long time ago our people let's let's write it down so and, and they show up there in in the way that we kind of know it now so what what theoi and wikipedia kind of describe though is it, it is distinctly greek but there's some theories that this goes beyond that and what's interesting too there's actually a little section in wikipedia that they, william hansen is this classicist who says that um, There's really – there's no many – there's not many surviving mythological accounts um, of the Satyr. Like, they're in the art, and they're they're kind of like a being, but it's not like Hercules. There's not like a cult of the myth behind them, apparently. Theoi does mention there's a lot of Satyr individuals that are mentioned in stories, and – What's interesting is early satyr are actually more horse-like in a way, but they're 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 bipedal beings and they usually have the feet of a man, but they have like the ears of a horse. They have tails like horses, um, but they're that, and that's kind of it. Um, yeah, that's that's really it. I'm looking at uh, a fifth century BC um, dancing satyr um, uh, that's in the British Museum. It's a like a vase thing, and it's it's a dude with a horse tail and then kind of like longer ears and no pants and that's it the, the 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 goat stuff kind of came later and and but but there's so it's kind of weird like the satyr they weren't Do you like think
1: that was because of pan or something else
0: i'm not sure it's kind of hard to say i mean there, there's like there's a collector there, there's enough of them and they're kind of brought in but the big thing that kind of uh brought them into the limelight was Satyr plays, which was a a type of play, which was almost like um almost like a satire play, like it was like funny versions of plays, and it from what it sounds like, like
1: that's like um puck from uh Mids- midsummer night's Streams.
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and he yeah he turns into an ass, and that's the the. The features are very asinine. That's the word Wikipedia uses. They're ec- they they say equine or asinine. And it is. It's very asinine, which that's where that word comes from. And, and, and that's what Puck, you know, his whole face turns into a dog. I think his fa- face and hands, he gets hooves. In that cl- archaic and Greek classical art, they're shown with the ears and tails of horses. Um, the satyr plays are the written sources that we kind of have. But it's, it seems like, I, I guess, it's kind of hard to say just without having like a, a big academic background in this, what like this classicist means, but um, I'll, I'll kind of read a little bit off of what Wikipedia says. Um, So different classical sources present conflicting accounts of their origins. Um, the classical Greeks recognized the satyrs obviously couldn't, uh, could not self-reproduce since there were no female satyrs mentioned, um, but they seem to be unsure whether satyrs were mortal or immortal. This kind of reminds us of the centaur. The centaur, The first centaur, Chiron, who was born out of a kind of like a a godly event, um, he didn't make more. It was weird. A cloud made more. Um, Listen to that episode. It was really fun.
1: So it's funny that you say that. Mm -hmm. So I called Candace a a satyr, and um, she was like, wait, but aren't satyrs all boys? And I was like, no, no, no. Like in Roman mythology, like there's the faunus and the fauna. It's like the male and female. And I was like, here, I'll find a picture. And like the only... Picture that I could find the only depiction was a female satyr who had stolen two babies and was oh, like no. running away with them. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it was so Jeez. funny.
0: <laughs> it's funny you say that because I, I you you've probably heard of it's not used really anymore. Nymphomania, which is mm-hmm. more hypersexuality, is the term that's used now. Well, nymphomania is uh, the previous term for women. What would the men, the male term, be?
1: Uh
0: satiriasis satiriasis so that that just kind of shows you like the the you know the masculine feminine form of hypersexuality it was it was nymphomania and satiriasis even though it was like it was really the satyrs that were (laughs) yeah i don't know anyway (laughs) another kind of origin here that I like it kind of goes to um, and and I'll, I'll point Theoi and uh, Wikipedia mention that these uh, are I'll, I'll, Theoi. I'll quote says that the satyroi were rustic fertility spirits of the countryside and wilds, and so. Uh, Wikipedia also mentions that they're they're nature spirits, and there's a section on on Roman Roman nature spirits. And I I remember I read um the book or part of it. It was it was quite long. A book called Roma. Um, it is uh by Stephen Saylor, and it is it's really long. It's really good. I listened to the first few hours on an audiobook, and it's kind of like um. Let, he, he wants to tell the, the founding of Rome as if it were happening. And they talk about the numina, which are these spirits of, of the land. Like there's the numina of the river and the numina of the dirt, you know, and that's what this is sort of. And there's also, there's, there is a story of how, um, Jupiter, uh, Ovid wrote that Jupiter, the king of the gods, expresses worry that the viciousness of humans will leave fawns, nymphs, and satyrs without a place to live. So he gives them a home in the forest, woodlands, and mountains where they will be safe. So there's this kind of – Ovid kind of gives them a reason of why they're wild beings Um, because that's very much – satyr is very much a a wild man sort of spirit. And um, so it it was really interesting to kind of see uh, how that goes um but it it seems to derive from a nature spirit concept and that's what wikipedia sort of further goes they talk about um in other countries there's uh the 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 wild man is sort of it um there's in asia and uh, the balkans and in uh ancient britain there's these these half man being half man and half animal beings nothing as distinct as a um as a centaur, and nothing that that's necessarily named anything other than like wild man or something like that. Um, it's funny too. Pl- Plenty the elder actually he conflated satyrs to gibbons, which he described using the word satyrus, a Latinized form of satyros. So like you know, like people bringing this like the science into it. I I really love that. But um, yeah. So the the Roman nature spirit they identified satyrs with their own nature spirits, the fawns. So it seemed like the fawn kind of existed before and they went, oh yeah, the satyr you know, as they're being introduced to the, the Greek culture, that's the fawns. So they kind of uh, put that together. And um, Phil, like I mentioned from Hercules, I wrote my notes, he really looks like the fawns that are depicted in, in the art from the last hundred years, starting in like the fifteenth and sixteenth century. That's when the art really took the turn of the the very distinctive look. Basic, like I said, just fill from Hercules. That's that's what the the modern satyr work looks like, and that comes from the medieval uh, art, the the Renaissance reappearance, and then early modern period is where it comes from. Um, there's some interesting stuff, too, uh, behind the etymology. Um, the word satir, S-A apostrophe I-R, is a uh, Hebrew word, an old Hebrew word that means um, goat man, I think I had it as. And so there, there's some ideas there, and it was used in a, a Latin translation of the Bible. They actually used the word satir. Um, I think it was a 10th century um, Latin translation.
1: Oh, yeah, there are mentions of satyrs in... Like biblical text,
0: right? And that that comes what we we believe that that comes. They wanted to, you know, the 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 satyr was such a known idea, and as a a wild evil, you know, crazy person um, at you know at a moderate chance. But so I I, I don't know. It, it's kind of like a coincidence that it sounds extremely similar, as well as describes like a hairy evil thing, and it makes me think of like the demonic symbols of Satan with a goat head and things like that. Yeah, you know, he's I,
1: always depicted or not always, but he's often depicted with yeah, a goat's head and hove, like cloven hooves. Right. E- even that story that Debbie told us with the yeah. um with the devil coming to play cards right. in Ireland. That's right, yeah. He had cloven and hooves.
0: And and, that, and it looks like that kind of came during um the the Christian Renaissance the, the Christian the influenced Renaissance, you know, where where angels went from like um omnipotent Five-eyed, eight-winged balls of flesh to pretty people. Um, so I, I think it, it may there may be a correlation there. I'll I'll note fawns. There's a big difference between the fawns and the satyr. Um, the The fawns are almost always depicted as being very innocent and and Bambi, while the satyr have a, a they have a wisdom, is, is what Wikipedia says hidden. they 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 kind of are are rustic and uh wise and and horny so there's a (laughs) Dan from labyrinth yeah um (laughs) so and but the fawns always have this this distinct kind of innocence to them and there's a lot of art where they really are like very cupid like where it's like a baby goat but they're not they're not babies they're they're funk they're doing their thing whatever they got to do fawn stuff um so yeah i i really enjoyed looking into this because it's it's got a lot more to it um the oh yeah he goat set ear he go i found my little note that i had on it um uh the nature spirits is the big sort of thing here uh human animal hybrids of equine or asinine features it's actually um old sanskrit um stories uh include this again the british islands the balkans there's records of similar animals sit ear the he goat um the Latin, that Latin Vulgate translation of the Old Testament is where we, we get that from. So there's some really interesting stuff there. Um, also, uh, satyrs were also a, a word used to compare jinn of pre-Islamic uh, Arabia. So that was another translation. It, it seemed like it was like, because you know, jinn don't always have to be like demons, but they can be mischievous beings. It's almost like yokai in Japan. A yokai can be like, oh, I have a itch on my back or oh i i'm dying that's you know there's that's the spectrum of yokai and that's the spectrum of jinn but so the satyr they they've been used to fill that spectrum in translations as as this wild crazy thing although they don't seem to be super malicious uh to humans in in the stories but again there's a lot of stories on satyr there's a lot of individuals like centaur we have Kiron. that's it satyrs there's a lot um there's a lot there's specific guys that that uh, our specific companions to people like Pan and Dionysus and things like that. So, really fun little uh, story there, though, Cami. I enjoyed hearing that. And it's it's amazing to see um, Hans Christian Andersen write something like that because there was a revival of the Greek stuff, and these these beings were really interesting. So it worked out really well. So, great job as always.
1: Thank you. You as well.
0: So I think that covers it for today, everyone. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our satirical discussion. Do you like that? So I'm naming the episode. <laughs> I don't. I gotta. I gotta try and find a thumbnail that's not gonna just have a giant phallus um, there. It's gonna be difficult because I'm. I had. I was like on the Theoi website and I was scrolling and I had to like back out because I could not have that talk with Kinley right now uh, about there was, I'll just add there There's one where a satyr is literally balancing a huge wine goblet on his phallic well, I mean, being
1: that's the thing they would like just get drunk and it was a bunch of reverie and they would invite the cult of Bacchus over mm-hmm. and those ladies would celebrate with them and Bacchus would come down it was good and, times back then Yeah.
0: where did it all go Cammy? where did we go wrong <laughs> capitalism yeah Well, everyone, um, thanks for joining us. And uh, remember, you can reach out to us, mysterygmail.com. Check out the link tree in the description below for all of our social media and things like that. Let us know if you have any topics you'd like us to discuss. Uh, I think that's it, Cami. Thanks again. All right, everyone. We will see you next time.